Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here back with you as we head toward the weekend. I'm just kind of recapping the top stories. The governor of Texas says it's time to open up back his uh, stadiums, pro stadiums. And uh, we'll see about college, of course, coming up here in the month of June. So that means at a very low capacity, they'll allow fans back into games there. We're waiting for Major League Baseball and, uh, and the Players Union to get together and make some sort of deal. Hopefully that happens over the weekend as well. You can go back and check out our first hour of the show where we talked about the tweet from Max Scherzer a couple of days ago and what that means for Major League Baseball. Uh, well, the one thing that we're also hopeful for is an NFL season coming up in 2020. And on our shows this week, what we've been doing is looking at some of the props courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook. And today... Joe, we're going to dive back into uh, quarterbacks. And look, if we were doing uh, these quarterbacks a year ago, we would have flipped the script on on these two players. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen today. I don't think very many people were high on Josh Allen going into last NFL season, and now they are. And I don't think that anybody was very low on Baker Mayfield going into last season, fantasy, gambling, whatever, and now everyone is. So a tale of two quarterbacks and completely going hypothetically in the other direction, although, as you alluded to, you're not giving up on Baker Mayfield, neither am I, but certainly the uh, the, the season last year was is not one that anybody's going to want to remember. No, uh, I, I do the write-ups for the quarterbacks in the Black Book. That's always you know my thing. And last year when I did the write-up for Baker Mayfield, I was cautiously optimistic, but it was funny because when we went to release – I saw so many other places have Baker Mayfield ranked so much higher than we had them. And that, and this is why RPV is good because it, it doesn't kind of put the cart before the horse. It, it helps you understand that it's not just about the projectability. You have to live in the reality of the offense. You have to live in the reality of the youth of a player and all those other things. And, you know, projections are nice and they're fun, but it's not the only part of the equation. And RPV uses that. And I had Baker Mayfield a lot lower than a lot of other places, luckily, which has worked out for a lot of people. And ironically, there were two quarterbacks we were very, very bullish on as the top of the board at QB2 last year, the very top, which was like, if you don't like what's coming down to your quarterback, take one of these two guys. And one was Lamar Jackson, and the other guy was Josh Allen. And basically, we're saying, look, as passers, they're not complete projects yet, but in fantasy terms, they're going to get you a ton of points. The year before, Josh Allen had been running amok towards the end of last season, uh, and we thought that would carry over, and it did. And Baker Mayfield, I'm... I'm not surprised that everything kind of went south with Freddie Kitchens. And I'm hoping not that Stefanski is, you know, maybe the perfect guy for the job, but I have to think he's an improvement year over year than Freddie Kitchens. Would you at least agree on that? Is that maybe why I we're really optimistic? Don't know. Or I hope Mayfield? so, but I don't know. I, I can't, I can't really give you I think you he's more qualified. Yet. I think Kevin Stefanski has been around Last longer year, in the NFL. Last year was such a horrible year. It was. I don't, I don't think Freddie Kitchens was ready to be a head coach in the NFL. I think head coach is a, is a difficult, it's a very different job than coordinator. And there's some guys who, I mean, look at North Turner, right? Look at another guy. There's so, there's so many guys that we've seen, the Mike Marches of the world, who had great runs as coordinators, but failed miserably as head coaches. You would and, say North Turner failed as a head coach? Yeah. Really? You ever I see North it. Turner's Chargers, record as a head coach? Chargers have some good years, no? As, as a head coach? Ooh. A couple. I think all-time record, I want to say it's probably under 500, I would imagine, but you can look at that. I know the number here for Baker Mayfield this year is 38.99 and a half. Uh, and that is really close to what he did last year, which is 38-27. So when you're looking at those two numbers, you have to ask yourself, is there a better coaching staff in place? The talent year over year hasn't changed. Uh, the biggest thing for me when I look at this number, Craig, is I think the addition of Kareem Hunt to this team because that's an option they really didn't have early on in the season. Being able to dump the ball off to Kareem Hunt, that I think is going to help pad some of these numbers here for him. And I am shocked with the little nugget you threw in there the last time that a Browns quarterback threw for 4,000 yards. I would have thought for sure Bernie Kosar had a year of that. Nope. <laughs> so that you, you blew yeah. my mind there with that stat. That's incredible research there by you. But I think Kareem Hunt is the key to this number. I'm going to go over this number because of that, because I think that is enough to, if, if he was basically there last year and you're giving me nine weeks of Kareem Hunt that weren't there the previous year, 
I think I'm buying into that, that we can get another 50, 100 yards over this number. How do you feel about that addition? And maybe is this a number you stay away from or go under? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would probably go over because I, I do think that he just took a massive step back because of some of that coaching last year. And most quarterbacks who are worth a cent throw for 4,000 yards in the NFL. So I probably would lean over. It's not one that I'm really interested in in particular, but I, I do I do think that the Browns were massively overrated last year, and maybe that they're a little bit underrated uh, mm. going into the year. Um, going back North to North Turner real quick. Yeah, under really, 500 as head coach. Yeah, it's really interesting because, yeah, he was under 500 for sure, so you could not consider his coaching career a success, but he was... I just, consider his offensive coordinating a, a huge but, but his record with the chargers was really good as a head coach for he had a couple seven, good years eight, with the charges but but a there lot was of good years. years 11 and 5 8 and 8 13 and 3 9 and 7 8 and 8 7 and 9 i mean th those years would put you in the hall of fame percentage wise and it's only a couple of games over in the nfl but the problem was with the raiders he was 9 and 23 and um those two years you know, really set him back, and he was three and thirteen the first year with the Redskins. So, um, even though his record is under five hundred, you could not you could not call. He was his also own bad with the well. He was also bad with the Redskins too. Let's not forget that run with the Redskins too. Three and thirteen the first year, you just don't survive that. After that, six and ten, nine and seven, eight seven and one, six and ten, ten and six, seven and six. He was like I said, I, he was a guy. Let me. I'll I'll rephrase on behalf of Newark because I have a lot of respect for Norv Turner. I don't think as a as a head coach he ever came close to the success he had as a coordinator, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. You could say the same thing about Wade Phillips. When a guy coaches for 15 years in the NFL, like I mean, there's got to, or as a head coach too, there's got to be some level of success that the guy has had for me to, like like I would not call Jeff Fisher a failure either, even though you his can't, is, you can't. Jeff Fisher is number 11 all time in coaching wins in the NFL. I don't think you can reach number 11 <laughs> and be calling him a if failure. If you're coaching for 10, 15 years in the league. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a failure. Right. I, I'm calling North Turner, uh, I would say, as a head coach. I think he would He's agree. Probably coaching average. Is he looks about average. He was a few games under 500 is under 500. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's under 500 says a lot over it, that. I can't call it a success, but I think that he deserved a little bit better. That's well, I, I, I will. I tried to reorganize my thoughts there and say I underachieved. Maybe that's a nicer way of putting it. Uh, but let's get back to Baker here. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going over um, as a, as a, as a dart, but I would not bet it. Um, let's go to Josh Allen for 2020. Wait, we didn't, we didn't, I, I didn't want to blow your thing there. I didn't say the name of the quarterback or the last Browns quarterback. Cause you did such a good job. Oh, pulling oh this. sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Brian Sipe. Brian Sipe. What? Where is, I couldn't believe. No Bernie Kosar? No it's, Bernie? it's actually funny that there's a running joke with me and uh, a Major League Baseball agent with Brian Sipe. It's very funny, actually. <laughs> I it's don't funny that his name came up because, because every time I talk to him about fantasy football, he always says to me, the last time I paid attention to football was Brian Sipe. I'm like, and, and so every time I text him, I'm like, hey, Brian Sipe, what's up? It's, it's kind of <laughs> Just weird. Oh, you crazy thing. kids. <laughs> but it tells right. you also about how bad the Browns quarterback situation has been for so oh, long. I mean, that, I mean, you, it shouldn't God. be that big a surprise. I mean, who, who no, have they I had mean, since oh, like Tim Townsend? Uh, Bernie Kosar. Yeah. You're right. That's the only one. Well, Bernie but Kozar even in Bernie's good years, he never got to fourth out. I was just looking at it. I was like, what were the Bernie numbers? Like, I think he maxed out at 38. But it was a different team. They were running a ton with Ernest Biner over there this year. Like, you know, uh, Kevin Mack. You know, they had some, like, big bruising running backs that they used to hand the ball off to a lot, and Bernie would go out there and make Bernie plays. But, yeah, gosh, even Benny Tetsaverde had a couple good years for the Browns. Nope. Up <laughs> 4,000. That's crazy, man. Yeah. All right, can we go to Josh Allen now? Yeah, now we can. I just wanted – I mean, it was such a good nugget. I wanted everybody to, to – I, Listen, to... I was so focused on North Turner, I forgot about Sight. All right, <laughs> uh, so there. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen – 3,249 yards is his total. It does feel extremely low, but he runs a lot, and that's that's part of this. Uh, minus 112 on the odds. His passing yards for 2019, 3,019, and the uh, you know much lower the year before that. He didn't have a great year even with the 12 games that he played, but he was a rookie quarterback in the NFL, and that certainly happened. So I, I can tell you from looking at this number that uh, FanDuel's bullish on Josh Allen. I mean – they're predicting more yards in the, essentially the same amount of games 
they're saying they're telling you that Josh Allen and the Bills are going to have a better year than they had last year. At least that's FanDuel's opinion. So you could make some money on FanDuel by going the other direction if you think that. But uh, look, the Dolphins in that division will be about the same, maybe a little bit better. The Patriots a little bit worse. The Jets either the same or worse. Patriots uh, I, aren't I mean, I, worse defensively. I don't think that, I think they actually be got on a little the field younger more. and faster. Be on the, they could be You're on right. the field more than they They could have. be on the field more. It's it's well, I mean, gosh, usually they didn't convert a lot of points the last up. in the last 10 games last year. They didn't convert a whole lot of points. They were on the field quite a bit and they were still pretty good, but you're not wrong. Yeah, but this is different. Yeah, this You're is not different. wrong. You're not or, wrong. Or maybe they'll be great. I, I don't know, but I I, I think that either I, way I, I would lean over on two quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not an over guy, but I would have to lean on the over here too. This one's a dangerous one because I think they're trapping you into the whole addition of Stefan Diggs, meaning, well, it's an obvious over. Like, he's going to be throwing the ball more. And I just don't know if Diggs all of a sudden comes in there and adds so much more or just instead takes away what was already there. I kind of lean with the latter here. That Stefan Diggs comes in there, eats into John Brown's touches a little bit and targets, eats into uh, the target volume of uh, some other people on this team as well. And I, I think that's... That's more what I'm looking at. And I feel like sometimes this happens where we see the big name player go somewhere like Cole Beasley. You know, Cole Beasley was a effective guy there in PPR. Uh, and thank you, Brett. I'm sorry. I was brain farting for a second on Cole Beasley. But uh, it's it's funny that because I was a big guy last year. Beasley. For like well, he while. was I, I said in full point PPR, he is a streaming guy that you could put in there and get eight points out of. And every week you could, and if you needed him, you could stream in a flex and get eight points in deeper leagues. And you did. Uh, that is a big concern for me this year. So I'm actually going to be away from this number completely because I think this is dangerous territory because I think what's happening is FanDuel saying, hey, Stefan Diggs is here now. It's kind of like what they did to you last year with Baker Mayfield. Hey, Odell Beckham Jr. is here right now. But that's not the guy that's making the difference for me. I think Kareem Hunt makes the difference for me in that offense. That's the thing that makes me more excited about Baker Mayfield this year, whereas Josh Allen – the Diggs thing is not an addition. It's just a reconfiguration, in my opinion, of where the the targets are going to go because I think Josh Allen still runs the ball a lot. I think Devin Singletary is going to eat a lot more. And I just don't see him being a prolific passing quarterback. He's going to make big plays. He's going to change things around. He's going to kill momentum uh, for so many other teams where it's like third and long and he gets that back-breaking first down that he runs for, you know, 12 yards. But to me, I think I'm going to go under or stay away from this one. Yeah, I mean, it's 200 yards a game. That's what they're they're telling you, right? I mean, it, this does not seem like a lot. I, I'd have to lean. It doesn't. But he didn't get it I'd, last I'd have, year. I'd have to lean and he over. had a good I, fantasy I, year last year, but he didn't get it last year either. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some running back props when we return after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you. Gray Albright from Razzball's coming up. You never know what Gray is going to say. We predicted that we would know about the baseball season five weeks in a row on Friday. We're wrong five weeks in a row. <laughs> Maybe you should right, take the uh, other route. Maybe you guys should, should come out and say, we're, gonna say, say we're not, no more baseball, no more predictions. Predicted, we predicted we would know every Friday for the last month. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Player props will go to Saquon Barkley's number for 2020. Wow, this is a massive one. This is combined yards for Barkley on the Giants this year. On FanDuel, you risk 112 to win 100. For some context, he had over 2,000 yards two years ago when he ended up as the first pick in fantasy in 2019. But, of course, that did not work out because he got hurt uh, in 13 games. He rushed for four—his uh, total yards, excuse me, were 1,441 and so I look at this, and it tells me that FanDuel didn't really think that even with the three games missed, he would have eclipsed that last year. So they've put this number in an interesting spot. I would tell you this. If Barkley misses a game, and I'm talking about one game, he is not going to hit this number. That's at least the way that I'm reading this line here. So that's always a dangerous proposition for me. 
Um, he certainly could. Um, he's not the favorite even to lead the league in rushing, and I got, and we'll get to this in a second. But he's not number two or even number three. So um, I don't know if there should be an injury concern. He really didn't have that in college, or didn't have it all that much. But it's a little bit of a red flag for me. The Giants are also a not not a good football team. So the only way I could lean here would be toward the under. I could not lean over. If you prorate his stats uh, for the three missed games for 2019, he still does not hit 1749. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, he uh, came I'm, back early from that injury. I think that's the that's the one part of the equation is he came back too early from that injury, and the first few games back were not good. They were not good at all. And it took him another three weeks to start getting right again. And then when he got right again, he looked like the best running back on the planet. Uh, This is certainly one that is not without risk, is huge risk here, because I think you nailed it. You said exactly what I was going to say, Craig, which is if he misses a game, you could probably kiss this goodbye. But if he he plays 16, I think it's a lock to go over. I think he's that good. And I think he's going to remind everybody how good he is this year. I would take the risk. And I would go over here. I, I believe in Saquon Barkley. You're right. He was not a guy that had a lot of injuries in college. I think that offensive line is improved year over year. I love what they did in the draft. Uh, and I think they got rid of some dead weight on that offensive line, too. And I think this is going to be a – I'm going to stick with this narrative of the surprising Giants. Just like I was in the surprising competitive Detroit Lions camp last year. I, th- I thought that team showed a lot of fight in any wood. And they did. I think the same thing is going to be true of the Giants. They're going to show a lot of fight. They're going to be a little bit better defensively, too. Showing a lot and of fights different than a bet, though. Let's be clear. It is. This it's is a, FanDuel here. The, well, the look, Lions it's different. fight all they want. They didn't win you any money, no matter how competitive no, it's, they No, it's different than... Well, I don't remember what their season total was going into the year for wins. Well, I can tell I can tell you that they didn't go over it. They didn't I mean, go over it. I don't, I don't remember what it was set at. But I'll say this. Saquon Barkley reminds everybody that he's the best running back on the planet. And, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's been really fine the last two years. But I think when we head into next year's draft, Saquon will be ahead of him is the number one overall pick. That's my, that's my guns. I'm sticking to them, and uh, I'm hoping for those 16 games. Oh, Fingers crossed okay. here. Fingers crossed. Here's a piece of advice: when you go to the window and try and cash a losing ticket, Joe, you, you, they you can't say do that it. They had a lot of fight. They're not going to give you the money. That's but they just, fought. Just, that they played so hard. Here. But governor, they played so hard. Why? Why can't I? Why can't I make any money off this ticket, please, sir? Please, can I have some money from this ticket? Okay, the rushing yards are out in 2020 on FanDuel. What a what a blessing it was with all this conversation we had about this that we can actually take a look at this today. So uh, as we close out our, our talks on running backs, we'll do receivers next week, by the way. So here it is, the player prop to lead the league in rushing in 2020. Now, we're going to go through the names here, but I'll be very clear on this, what FanDuel is telling you from this. It is wide open. I mean, wide open as anything that I've ever seen before. I mean, Derrick Henry is not a favorite. I mean, he basically is not. I mean, this is someone you can make some He wasn't money. the favorite last year. Well, it, it's not about that. It's about— Okay, but I'm just, it's, just it's, perspective. It's about 7-1. to one. I mean, you're getting—you are getting—if you can pick the rushing winner this year, and it is a dart throw— there's no question. It is a 100% dart throw. But he is the uh, highest odds, right? He is the best odds. Seven is not that. That's 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 crazy. I mean, two to one, three to one. Well, I think it's very. I, I think it's very difficult in nowadays the way these running backs are it's structured. Impossible. Where guys, it's well, impossible. because these guys are catching the ball so much more. So much, the 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 old adage of turn the ball, turn around, hand the ball off to the guy, and he's running through the tackles. That that you know, Legarrette Blunt is not. <laughs> that Casal running, you don't see as much anymore in the NFL. It just it just doesn't exist. You know, running backs are different. A lot of them are smaller. Some of them are faster. They're going with a game that's speed. And the way you get those guys going is to get them out in space by, you know, screen passes and things, getting them out on the flat and get them going. And I think that speaks more of why it's so wide open more than anything else. Yeah, well, I mean, either either way, it is a complete dart throw with the rushing leader this year. There's it's not even a question. Um I mean, look, two to one is a favorite. Three to one is a favorite. Four to one. I mean, seven to one as the leader in the in the clubhouse. I mean, that's some just good running backs funky. here, though. These are some really good names. I mean, maybe that there's a lot right, of factors money play to here. be made. I mean, there is if you can. It's a guess, but if you can guess who it is, there's money to be made here. Mm-hmm. That that that's the point. If if the favorite is two to one, then that's the chalk. But here, there's no chalk. Derrick Henry, here's here's the list. Derrick Henry is seven and a half to one. McCaffrey's ten to one. Zeke is ten to one. Chubb is thirteen to one. Barkley's thirteen to one. There's long odds for all these guys. It's like a great Kentucky Derby. 
Uh, Dalvin Cook, 14 to 1. I was thrilled to see Mostert on here with not even high odds, 17 to 1. He's absolutely in the mix. Oh. And Miles Sanders is 20 to 1. <laughs> Have you met so, Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> like he's oh, absolutely. I, in the mix. I, I was absolutely thrilled to see that Mostert. I, I thought I'm I was sure. going to get like 50 to 1 in Mostert. And I I'm saw sure, 17 to 1. And I'm, I'm like, sure you're thrilled to see it. But uh, you want to just light your money on fire. It's not going to be Mostert. I'm sorry. I know he was your guy last year and you picked him up and you were right about picking him up. You absolutely nailed him in terms of helping you in fantasy. I, what I but did, Kyle Shanahan is never going to hand the ball off enough for him to get a rushing title. It's never going well, to happen. Well, we'll see. I mean, but He's not going to have 260 carries, Craig. Come on. Either way, that was a name that I threw out out of nowhere because I because because that's how crazy. I, and and by the way, it wouldn't surprise me if no one on this list ended up winning the rushing title. That's how crazy. This is there is. is there one of those like Tiger Woods or the field bets where you can take the rest of these guys? And not... There's a couple guys even after 20 to 1, but they don't fit on a graphic, so I stopped. <laughs> There's a couple of what 25. Just curious, who, who else was still even floating oh, I, around there? Yeah. Was it Kenyon Drake probably? No, he's not even on there. He's uh, not even on there? Wow, no Kenyon Drake on there. There's a couple of other guys. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm trying to think of who else would even be on this list here. You're kind of you're in. Oh, Alvin Kamara's not going to be on this. Yes, list. he was there. That's who. Yeah, well, he doesn't. Again, he doesn't get enough rushes. He was twenty-five to one. I, I I didn't I didn't put him on there not because I don't think it's realistic. I just it, we ran out of space. Well, it, uh, it's okay. It's not realistic either for him to lead the league in rushing. Again, lead the league anything in rushing. Anything can happen. I, 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 this is one rushing. category that I am not ruling anybody out leading okay. leading in rushing. No one. In the NFL, it would not shock me if Cam Akers led the league in rushing. It is the NFL. I've seen this happen before. These guys come out of nowhere at running back, and they end up having great years. No one had Fred Taylor leading the league in rushing. No one had Edger and James leading the league in rushing. It just happens, and you look back and then say, "Wow, how did that happen?" And then that guy becomes the number one pick in the draft, and then two years later, he's David Johnson, and he's finished. Happens all the time. Well, it's funny because wasn't last year a Derrick Henry, and now where we are this year, right? Derrick Nobody. Henry could be out of the league in two years, or he could he lead could the league in rushing. But I think next year he leads the league in rushing again. I'll still put my money Good, with him. Or he could be out of the league. We don't know. Nobody I think knows. when I'm looking and trying to assess this, the first thing is you but have you to— take Derrick Henry. It's great, great oh, money for you. You're looking at guys who can contend for this. You have to automatically say, number one, does he have the backfield to himself? And I think that's the first thing where Nick Chubb— I know he had a really good year last year statistically. I know he was number two. I know he just missed it. But you're not going to be able to count on the same volume of Nick Chubb in 2020 that you can on 2019 because Kareem Hunt's there. And you can argue about this all day. Who's better? But Kareem Hunt, his presence alone, you saw everything. You saw that line of, of of Nick Chubb going up, 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 up. Kareem Hunt shows up. All of a sudden, fancy points, touches, targets, everything going down, down, down. And that's just a reality. And there's no way Stefanski's going to get there and not see what what Kareem Hunt is and use him. Dalvin Cook, another guy, potential holdout. On top of that, Madison's very good. We saw Madison get involved in a fair amount of games last year. Miles Sanders, as much as I love him, I just don't think that's realistic either. So it comes down to guys like Elliott. It comes down to guys like Saquon Barkley. And it comes down to Derrick Henry. Christian McCaffrey's another one. It's difficult because you confuse the all-purpose with the rushing title, and they're two different things. So if I gave you Elliot, Barkley, and Henry, and I said, here's 100 bucks, go put it on one, who are you putting on? Mostert. <laughs> I set him up, you knock him down. By the way, Craig and I this weekend will be playing the Poconos. That's right, me and Craig. Uh, two guys sitting on a bench talking sports. Listen, I may, look, I, I would bet Mostert to win the rushing title. That's the guy I'm going with this year. Okay. I'm betting you on it. <laughs> and now I and now and I got a chance to win seventeen hundred bucks. I'm well, one going. thing I could say about you, you're loyal to a fault. <laughs> That's why you're I with me. Go, I gotta go with it. Um, <laughs> do I do I think that there's someone here that could do? I, I would say that if you told me, I gave you that, three names you and a three hundred. If you but told you only me Dalvin Cook played three. all 16 games, I would pick Dalvin Cook, but that's not something. That's that not happened. a bad one. That's not a bad one, but it wasn't the. Other than that, that I'm going with Mostert. So I gave Why you is he money. on this list? Is FanDuel is, is, is he FanDuel? on this list because people like you want to overrate the playoffs and they're going to take your money. They're going to take your money because you're going to see 17 to one, but 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 he was so good in the playoffs. But but again, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, how many games did? Matt Breida and, and and Tevin Coleman and all these guys, and he just decides, hey, you know what, I'm going to turn. And look, I know Mostert was the best one of the group towards the end, but 
I'm sorry, man. To win a rushing title, you need an unfettered backfield where you are the focal point of the offense. That's what you need. That's why Derrick Henry ended up winning it last year, because at the end of the day, he's all they've got, basically. I mean, A.J. Brown is nice. He has some nice moments, but that's another guy getting a little overrated in ADP right now. It's about getting the guy. And Dalvin Cook's not a bad one. I just, I you want to talk about a guy who's never healthy, and I love Dalvin Cook, but it, he's a huge risk to put money on to win a rushing title. You, you're you worried about Saquon Barkley potentially missing time? How about Dalvin Cook, who misses time every single season, Craig? How can that be a good bet? Listen, all of these are dart throws. They're all long shots. There is no good bet here, period. They're all they're all guesses, every one of them. No I, I, think, I, think, I think Derrick Henry is the closest line to the board where I could throw the dart and hit something. Just saying. Look, look the odds are telling you directly that this is a guess or else Derrick Henry would be two to one or three to one or four to one or five to one or six to one. They're telling you it is wide open. It's I just don't think we live in that field. Emmett Smith age where we just know who the two guys are every we year. We may not. We may not. But uh, my my guess is, is that how many there's there's seven or eight guys here. I would say two or three will only be in the top in terms of rushing. It's it's that's the NFL. We'll be back with more here on Fantasy Sports today right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Fun and interesting segment that we did last week. We're going to bring it back again this week. It's quarantine sports cards time. And we have seen a massive rush for a lot of people jumping back into the sports card industry. We illustrated some cards last week that you may have in your garage that literally went up 100%. And it's like it's been better than the stock market. It's been better than anything that you could have invested in. I don't know why. I don't know how. We have all these theories and reasons. But truthfully, Joe... I mean, cards can go up and down, and some of these can go up, but the uh, the massive jump in this is just crazy. Now, we, we know why Michael Jordan's cards all went up. That that I get. Why Michael Jordan in a Vincent uh, – who, who was the player that we got? Oh, Sam Vincent? <laughs> Sam Vincent, Why Michael yeah. Jordan in a Sam Vincent card went up um, was insane. But this week we got three more. I would guarantee everybody has seen at least one of these three – and if you go into your box of old cards, there's a chance you may have these, and they're going up like for no reason almost for insane well, I'm, numbers. I'm still mad. I had the right book in my hand, but it was in a different section of that book where I had the Bo Jackson because I knew I had it. Now I don't think I've got that Conseco. I remember that Conseco, and okay. I feel like at well, one well, point let, let, let's you're getting ahead of the card ahead I'm of the sorry. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. I, that I didn't mean to People blow don't even board. know what you're talking. Ryan okay. Sipe. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Is that our we're safe? Do, we're doing we're doing now? three card three cards today: a three baseball, a, a okay. basketball, huh. and a football card. Okay, and the first card that we're going to go over today is this one. Everyone has seen this card before. You may have it. It's the 1986 Donruss Jose Canseco card that's been sitting in your drawer for the last 20 years. That is worth two bucks. I get it. Now the thing with Canseco is that he's had no fan appeal. He's just been a celebrity boxer or insane guy on Twitter that basically outed everybody on steroids, and his card has basically been stuck. Now, as you can see, Joe, here from the price, on a PSA 10, basically sending it into professional sports authenticators and getting a 10, which is very tough, okay? It is hard to get a 10. But, Joe, his price on the 10 actually was a pretty good price, right? Like, not, like, not, not cheap, but not, like break your back either correct right yeah no it's 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 all right it's uh it's it's reasonable i guess <laughs> i mean uh i mean it's, it's not a few hundred dollars like it's you know a hundred dollar card let maybe left fifty dollar card a hundred dollar card right. as a psa 10 right as a psa now, 10 right now take a look two days ago what this card sold for and, and that's and that's the thing i don't understand so we've gone from we've gone from that to four seven five hundred dollars 475 from 145 How? to 475. How did this happen? Why did Jose Canseco's card go up 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Now, I guess month. here's my question is, this is what the bidding is up to, or that's what somebody put it on for? That's what somebody paid. And by the way, keep looking at the completed auctions on eBay. You'll see 400 all over the place. Not just there. Not, I'm not just cherry picking and putting the best price out there. No, I know. But you know, I just, I didn't know if these were people posting saying, hey, I'm trying to get. No, these are buy. sold auction realized value pricing. This is a sold, not, not what they're selling them for. These are sold auctions on eBay. Sold. It's, uh, it just seems, um, I don't know. You got nothing and neither do I. That's the point. I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand here's the thing. why. I can understand the beloved, like I understand Ken Griffey Jr. I get that. People are wistful for their past and lovable. Barry Bonds even, I understand. Barry Bonds I understand too, because he's going to go in the Hall of Fame and I, and right. I, and I get all that. Well, why Jose Canseco? Canseco, I understand. Jose Canseco had two, three good years and then was a power hitter who was a liability in the outfield and. Look, I mean, when, we, more when we were growing up, everybody wanted Canseco's cards. I get that. But no yeah. one's wanted this card in 20 years. And now why all of a sudden it's $500? Canseco rookie card back in the day was going for what? 25 bucks? Maybe. And that was like a huge price to pay for wow. us in the 80s. Like I remember the 83 Daryl Strawberry rookie being like an expensive card. I want to say that was like a $50 card at one point in time. Right. Like that now, was now, his, now, look, his cards have not gone up for whatever reason. But I, look, I'm, I'm only going over on this show the cards that I think, A, that you may have, <sighs> and B, that I can't figure out. And, and look, I, I, I guess that, like you said, that people are just wistful for the past, so that's what they want. But who's but wistful for Jose Canseco? I, I, don't I don't know. Understand. I don't know. But all of his cards have gone up, and this is just an example of one of them. But one that you may have sitting in a drawer in one of those plastic cases. I, mean, I know. And now here I am. Canseco is the, the time. To, the time to sell it is now. I'm pulling a Craig Mish now. I got another book out. Oh, here I we just, go again. Uh, no, you're not going to find it, man. But I found the Bo Jackson one. That we I were know, but after the show. After the right, show. Keep going, because I know All one right. of them. Okay, so here's the next one. Maybe maybe our producer, Brett Levy, could tell us why this one has gone up. So, look, in the NBA... All of the rookie cards for all these players are going up. I don't know, and, and they're going up one by one. It's like a, it's like, it's like when you set those dominoes up in your house. You you push one, and then the rest start going down. If you can tell me and figure out who the next domino is, let me know because we can all make a lot of money off this. <laughs> well, one of the dominoes. So <laughs> That's the problem. One of the dominoes is now Steve Nash. Why Steve Nash now? I don't know. But here's a look at Steve Nash's very simple. Non-refractor, okay? Non-limited, not serial numbered, nothing. A straight Joe, 1996-97 tops card of Steve Nash. There's no glitz. There's no glamour. This is just his tops card that you would pick up in an average pack uh, in a PSA 10 grade over at PSA, uh, you know, PSA grading, okay? If you sent the card in. This is the price of a Steve Nash rookie card graded PSA 10, I believe it's from only a month ago, not even, two months ago. You send a card in, Joe, it costs you $10 to get the card graded. You sold it on eBay, you got $10. You didn't make a, you made 28 cents after the fees, you lost money. After the fees, you lost money. This is the price right here of Steve Nash's rookie card that went off on eBay two nights ago. Over $100, the card. It went up $100. For what? Is this people being home and bored? Like, is that that's that's this is why we're doing the segment because I would like somebody to explain this to me. I actually have a guy. Another Steve Nash card. I didn't even want to use this one, Joe. It's the same exact card. Last week it sold for two hundred and eighty dollars. But I thought that I don't know why it sold for that much. But I I don't even want to use that one. I'm just going to use the one that sold for over a hundred two nights ago. It was ten dollars a month ago. (sighs) It's a hundred plus I think now. There's, I think there's boredom. I think we kind of touched on this. There's this, I don't know, uh, yearning for the past and being safe and remembering Steve your childhood. Nash? Well, for some people, it's Steve Nash. I, I mean, I mean, maybe for Brett, it's Steve Nash. He's a big ba- basketball guy. I just oh, I, look. I, I know uh, all the NBA I don't know guys are all going you. up. All the rookie cards, they're all going up. But it's like, which one is next? It's like chasing the next guy. So essentially you could have bought a hundred of that Steve Nash card for $10. $10. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you look, and look how much money you would well, have Well, it's made. funny because last week you were showing me ones and they're like, oh, it went from this to a hundred. So with the Jose Canseco going to 475, like 
I don't have that card. I the closest I found in that book was a rated rookie of Paul O'Neill Donruss. I can assure you, it is nowhere near that amount. Paul O'Neill did not go up. Paul O'Neill did not go up at all. But and, and and again, a lot of the NBA guys went up. Shaquille O'Neal's in particular have gone up a lot. Oh, here's a Shaquille O'Neal fun one from the LSU days. I don't know if you've ever seen That's this classic. bad. Yeah, it's, it, that didn't go up that much. But yeah, it's, uh, it's I'm gonna it's, hold on to all it. All Shaq's cards went up. Who knows next week? I mean. Maybe, Maybe some weird Papa John's run happens. Next thing you know, this thing is worth a lot more. I don't know. Maybe All right, so here's more. the final one. Now, right. uh, this is this is one that you may not have had because you would have had to really be a collector because this was actually a Topps traded card. But since we spent so much time talking about Barry Sanders over the last couple of weeks and the games that I was at and the credentials and all that, um, he has a score card that is very familiar for a lot of people. It's just his head and he's smiling and look. He doesn't actually smile anymore. I was going to say, he looks kind of like, Am I ever going to get in the game, coach? Like, yeah, it's he, kind he, of that. He's not a smiler, I should say, Barry. Even in pictures he takes with people, he's not a smiler. You could Google that. But anyway, the, uh, this is his 1991 Topps traded card, graded 10 by PSA, uh, a card that you could have bought two months I remember ago, this three card months well. ago for a dollar. Could have yeah. got it for a buck. Send it to PSA. You get it graded. And you see the completed auction here back from January. This is three months ago. Uh, 40 bucks. 40 bucks for a PSA 10. Congratulations, you have a mint Barry Sanders rookie, and it was only $40. Simple card, for whatever reason, I don't know, has gone up 100 bucks, and Barry Sanders has not carried the ball. I, I got a card guy, a, a guy who's a, a reader of the book series, and he swears by the black book, and he's like, look, I'm doing these card things. They're going out of control. It's crazy. He's like, there's got to be a tie in here to fantasy sports and to cards and things like that. And, well, I, and I want to say, him, I think, I think we found it. I think we're the show now. Um, I don't have that Barry Sanders card. I remember it very well. The Canseco one, I think was ingrained in my memory. Cause it's, I think one of those cards and you probably experienced this too. They were cards as a kid, you coveted, you coveted some of them so much yeah. that you think you actually own them as you get older. That's <laughs> definitely true. that Canseco for me. And you know what I'm talking about. There was some, that you just never had, but you're like, that card. Yes, that one. Uh, uh, I have these two. This is a older Barry Sanders here. Uh, this is a Barry Sanders, uh, 1990, not, uh, 90, I'm sorry, 1990. 1990 right here, Barry Sanders. This that, is could be, that could be another one of his. Is and then is I've pro got, set? Uh, this is Pro Set, correct? Yeah. Very good, well I, done. I think that went up a little bit. And then this one from the college days of Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's right? another pro set one. Another yeah. pro set those, number one I overall draft. Those are, those are good, and we could have probably used those had I knew you had them. Well, um, let, let but, me but see just, if you could turn but, these but again, into gold. But the point of, the point of this is, is essentially me putting you on the spot saying why. Because I don't know. I don't know why either. All I know is you start saying these things, and I see Jose Canseco going for $500, and it makes me go – do I have that? And and I knew. <laughs> That's the point. I knew Anybody for watching fact, this is maybe has this. <laughs> but I knew the Bo Jackson one for a fact. I had it, and I wish I was able to pull it out of this leaf. Right, I texted you, you right after the show. Of basketball cards I in the nineties, and you weren't somebody that bought these refractors and serial numbered ones. I know that's taking it to the next level in terms of game. Like you were somebody in the nineties who went into a Target or a Walmart. You saw nineteen ninety six, ninety seven tops, and thought, <laughs> oh, basketball. Let me just buy a box. Well, your Steve Nash card could be worth over $100. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we got to get somebody on here to find out what's what don't we know that's happening. I think it's just boredom. I think it's people on eBay bored. And if this is still going on after, you know, post-quarantine, that's a whole different story. That for me. For me, if this is going on in it, August and it, everyone's it, still you, outside. You could, you could absolutely be right. But I would tell you this, that while this is going on, we may as well keep doing this because I, it I'm is, all for it. It's fun. I mean, I don't because I don't understand it. And, and I'm and I'm helping people, I think, make money. And you don't even have to spend a cent of all like, the cards. You literally so just far. have to go to your box of cards. Now, look, the one thing I will add, you got to send them very hard to get a 10, a PSA 10. Well, I was, that was my next question. When you what happens when it grades eight or nine? Like, yeah, just it's not worth nearly as much. Right. Not so even close. Eight, especially. Nine, you're still going to be happy you sent the card in. But, but again, uh, a 10 is really what you're looking for, and it's very hard to get a 10. But it's not very hard to go on eBay and buy a 10 for $10 and turn it into 100 next month. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, All right, Gray Albright, speaking of nuts, will join us next. Don't come <laughs>
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today, as always, it's Friday. We bring in Gray Albright from Razball and Razball.com. A lot of football tweets I'm seeing lately from uh, Razball as we're still kind of waiting here on the NFL uh, season. And, and, you know, Gray, for as right as you are uh, on a lot of your fantasy baseball projections, we are going to break. Like, we are like the Cal Ripken of saying next week we'll have some clarity on baseball, and we don't. Like, we, we're on some great streak here, so... Maybe we should say that, you know, next week we'll be back and we'll have nothing for you because that's exactly what we have every single Friday. We were planning on doing a nice, yeah, baseball's back, and we never have it. Never. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. We have a, a consecutive day streak of being wrong. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's like every single day. There's, I mean, it's – and now that everything that's going on is obviously very frustrating, and I think that you could sense that with me. I'm frustrated too. I'm sure all baseball fans are frustrated. But I cannot – and I said it last week. I cannot imagine another week that we still don't know if, if they're going to play or not next next Friday. I mean, come on. It's got to end already one way or the other. Yeah, no, completely. I, I wonder now, uh, you know, because early on I was wondering if it was posturing, but now I wonder if the owners don't come way up from where they are, if the players aren't just like, it's not worth it. Just like, forget it. You don't, we don't need a, you know, like the players already have said, like, you know, the proposal is not good enough. You guys need to figure it out. And that proposal from the MLB took like three to four weeks to get to the players as it was like we don't have so much time like the posturing if it is posturing needs to either like come to an abrupt halt or it just needs to like subside into actual negotiations because as far as i know there hasn't even been negotiations yet it's just basically mlb saying like ah we'll give you like 30 percent of your salary and players being like that's ridiculous how about you give us like everything we are owed and the owners being like, huh? New phone. Who this? <laughs> the text. It's Tony Clark texting who this to, uh, to Rob Manfred. And that's the crazy part about this is that like, look, I'm, I do reporting too. And I report on the Marlins and other things in major league baseball, other teams, other players. But what's, what's crazy is that, we're in an age on social media, unlike 1994 when there was a strike, where every single little detail is coming out. And better yet, we don't really know on that Zoom call between Manfred and Tony Clark. I mean, it literally could be those two with maybe one or two other people. Maybe Joe Torre's on there and somebody else from the Players Union. And that's it. So we, so, and, it's, and we don't know what they're really saying. So they are playing this game of telephone. They go back and tell the owners. And Clark goes back and he tells, like, the players and Max Scherzer and that. And then they're the ones that are saying everything. And so we don't really even know the exact nature of those conversations either. We're just getting all the speculation. And that's what's driving people crazy. And they should have known better, Gray. They should have known that this was going to happen. They had to know. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's definitely right. Because you're in a situation where now everything get played out in the public eye. So it's like... Who, even if there is no, uh, you know, even if there is no proposal whatsoever, you could go out onto the internet and be like, yeah, no, they offered us not enough. And, you know, it's the owner's fault why there's no season. Now, that could very well be true, but you could just say anything at this point and go out and be like, yeah, no, uh, the players are totally right and the owners are totally wrong, which is probably the case, but we don't really know exactly. And the, and the strength of the voices of Major League Baseball, like a Blake Snell, um, like a Max Scherzer, once something is said in this day and age of social media, it blows up. And I talked to Joe about this earlier in the show, Gray. In 1994, when we had a strike, and it was horrible, and it was similar, but here's where it was really different. In 1994, we didn't know what the bleep was going on. And then 5 o'clock in the afternoon, we turn on ESPN, and this dude Donald Fear would talk about it, and that would be the end of the day. 
Right. Well, now here. it's all day long with everybody's, you know, and and, they, and I don't understand how they didn't know that this was going to happen, even if there is an agreement that happens in a week or two. Look how much bad blood is going back and forth on this thing. Right. Well, and here's the uh, here's an analogy for you in, uh, from Hollywood. Like when they had, uh, you know, Michelle Williams was in a movie and she owned, she uh, earned like a hundred thousand dollars and the lead which was uh i'm blanking on his name i think it was was it brad pitt no i don't know it was i don't think yeah (laughs) no but anyway but the the point of the story is okay she was earning nothing but once it was known to the public like once she went public with the fact that she was earning nothing the studio had the cave and pay her the same as like Matthew McConaughey or whoever it was, you know? Because like suddenly there's pressure on the studio to be like, oh, well, we have to pay her the same because now, oh, it was Mark Wahlberg. So now we have to pay her the same as Mark Wahlberg because everyone knows how badly we were ripping her off. Well, the same could be said with baseball because you have all these players who have a lot of clout on social media. So they go out there to their 3 million followers. But the owners, I don't think, necessarily understand how much. Like, as of right now, I think they're at the point where they're just starting to figure out how much clout the players have and how much they're able to move the conversation where the owners move the conversation. They, yeah, there, there's a reason why they paid the Kardashians a million dollars to send out a tweet. It's influence. Exactly. And, and Peter Angelos and John Henry are not on Twitter going, yo, what up? We got to get it done. <laughs> right. They're not there. Exactly. They're to be found. Yeah, exactly. So if you want bad blood, you know, there's going to be a lot of bad blood towards the owners, which, again, there should be. But Well, the players are saying, Gray, if they opened up their books— they wouldn't, yeah. people wouldn't like what we would find, which essentially well, that, tells me that the owners, even in a bad situation, are still trying to maybe potentially make money out of this this year. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, you, like, I, I mean, you would know better than I, but I feel like I've never heard a situation where a team hasn't made money. Like, there's no, there's no case of like, oh, you know, that, uh, you know, that team, was ended up getting sold for less than it was bought, and they never and like it doesn't happen. Right, Marlins like sold for a billion dollars. I mean, you know, right? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like these, and on top of all that, like you have a guy like uh, you know uh, Fisher, the A's owner, who's worth like three billion dollars, and he's not paying minor leaguers four hundred dollars a week. So then you see that, and you're like, well, wait a minute, what what's going on here? Like if this guy has three billion dollars. Why can't he pay like minor leaguers four hundred dollars a week? So that then becomes part of the cycle, the news cycle of saying like the players are getting ripped off. <laughs> like even if right. that has and, nothing. And the news cycle is all on that side because the owner doesn't talk. Right. And and, right. and that's and the owner is not forced to. But in the day and age in nineteen ninety four, there was none of the players or the owners right. talking. Only on exactly. television at five o'clock in the afternoon, and that's all we got. There was there was no yeah. Twitter. There was no Facebook, exactly. Instagram. There was none of that. Um, you know, what I would maintain, Gray, is that... In 94, you would see, like, Tony Clark uh, walk out of a uh, negotiation meeting and be like, oh, yeah, we didn't really get very far. And it would be, like, a two-second news clip, and, and that, that would be it. it. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the whole now thing. Now it's, like, that... every second of every day. We got Trevor <laughs> Bauer was talking about Boris. I mean, where did that even come from? But <laughs> right. my, my take is this. Look, the players certainly... And I've, I've talked to some players recently about it, and I've expressed this to them. They they have to have a lower expectation from getting paid in full, even though they feel like the owners are finagling. I'm not saying that they, they should take massive pay cuts, but they, they to, to play the season, even on a prorated deal, I think they got to take a little bit less. Well, the yeah. owners, on the other hand, have yeah. to take a massive hit. Oh, and the yeah. owners, in my opinion, Gray, should be philanthropic about this and realize you're making a charity donation, essentially. You're 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 potentially saving the country. You're keeping people in your house. I'm, yes, you're donating from a philanthropic point of view. You don't expect, and they're and make no mistake about it, Gray. They they would lose money this year. There's no fans. I mean, they they're gonna lose money this year. And if that number is 10 or 20 million, and you have billions of dollars, seriously, like it's a donation. Like you're, it has to be done. 
And yeah. I don't know that they see it that way. And I guess that's how they got to be so rich. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you have owners who look at it like this is a long term situation where maybe we don't make money necessarily this year. Maybe we, you know, we lose some money, but we gain fans, like especially some of these teams that don't have like the national recognition. Like if you have got if you have like the Jays going against the Rangers or something like on a random Monday in at prime time and there's no there's no TV, there's nothing, there's no sporting events, there's nothing else going on. Like you may get better ratings and you may be getting fans where you didn't have them before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely could be enhanced. Um, well, we ate up all the time talking about this, but before we go, anything new that you'd like to convey? Any new, anything new on TV, anything new in life before we go? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's the same story. Just a different, I don't even know what day it is. I was going to say, is it Friday? I don't know. Yes, I yeah, think. I, uh, nothing's going on with me. I mean, it's the same story. It's it's coronavirus. It's, it's awful. Rough. It is. It it's is. Terrible. It is rough. I mean, I, I guess I. You know, my I went wife, out you know, for a thirty minute. I went out for a thirty minute ride earlier this week, and oh, like all these businesses. Yeah, I mean, but all these businesses are closed. It's depressing. Like, there's yeah, no, a lot is. of people are losing money and jobs, and it's just like it's not. It's not fun. I mean, honestly, there's. Very little no, going I, on. No, and my wife said, and I, my wife, I said the other day, like, oh, this is like bad. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I, she's like, you didn't think it would be like this? I'm like, not really. Like, I, I thought that we'd be locked up for a month or two, but right. like, there's really, I mean, it feels like we're still going to be having to do this in a couple of more months. And that's not yeah. something that, that I bargained for, which is why we really need, um, we really oh need baseball. We need nice. baseball to get this figured out. I mean, we really. Oh I mean, my God! Really I mean, baseball would earn it would earn so many new fans just from being on because there's nothing. I mean, it's NASCAR's just like NASCAR's numbers, Gray, are the highest they've ever been in the history of NASCAR. Of course, I mean it's so <laughs> obvious to everyone. Like, if you just come back and just play 30, 82 games, just give us something, please. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hopefully. Next week will be our resolution toward the 2020 <laughs> fantasy baseball season. Aside from all this reality, thanks again to Gray for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. Uh, don't forget, you can catch our weekend edition of the show with uh, Gray on there as well tomorrow morning uh, and also on Sunday night. That's when we air our replays of fantasy sports today and our uh, weekend edition is coming up. So make sure you catch that as well. Thanks to Brett, Danny, and Ryan for producing the show and keeping us on the air all week. We will talk to you again this weekend, or we will talk to you Monday morning at 11 a.m. right here on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, and I hope you guys have a very safe and good weekend. Talk to you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.